The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Green Scene on The Pat Kenny Show with AIB, working alongside Irish communities towards a low carbon future. We pledge to do more. Now, in the green scene, why in an area of global warming, there's a patch of the Pacific Ocean that's actually cooling down. We'll talk about that in a few moments. But first, how that Americano or cappuccino can help make stronger concrete. We're joined by Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Pat. It seems extraordinary. It does. And look, concrete and cement. I mean, some people perhaps don't find it that interesting, but we've talked about it a few times because... The building industry is such a big contributor to our total emissions. So, you know, up to about 7% of all of our global CO2 comes from the cement industry because, of course, you have to use very high temperatures to convert limestone to lime to make your, your, your cement. And then sand is a key component of the concrete, often also needing to be treated or heated. And, and even though sand seems to be so abundant, yeah. in fact, we've talked, it, it is potentially going to run out if we just keep using it. And we are constantly quarrying this for building about 50 billion tonnes a year. That's 17 kilograms for every person on the planet to meet our building yeah. needs. And we were talking recently about Loch Ness, which has its own problems, but there's a big sand extraction uh, business in Loch Ness. Absolutely. We're, and all over the world, places like Loch Ness are just being quarried for sand. And and you might remember last year, we talked about a house in Indonesia that was using, it was shredded disposable nappies yeah. to replace <laughs> some of that sort of bulk in the concrete. But this is an idea that came from Australian researchers, apparently over a cup of coffee and they were looking at the coffee grounds and thought could we use those grounds to make this element of of, of Yeah because uh, I mean coffee grounds are kind of gritty Gritty exactly so you could see how they, they, they would think that but organic products usually don't really work for building material because they, they have uh, too much moisture and they can leak chemicals into the concrete and that would weaken the strength of any building so what they did was they converted the coffee grounds to something called biochar and this is used in concrete you can make it from wood as well it's, it's a bit like a sort of charcoal-y ground up charcoal substance and they did it sort of over a low and slow heating. So rather than using some of these really high temperatures of 700, 800 degrees that are sometimes using concrete making, they used about 350 degrees centigrade. So not much, much higher mm. than a domestic oven. And they were able to cr- use this technique called pyrolysis, which converts the, the, the coffee grounds into biochar. And they were able to add about 15, 15% of the, the sand element of concrete. They used these coffee grounds instead, this biochar. And not only did this, the concrete work, they found it was 30% stronger than, okay. than the concrete that was made without it. So in theory, if you've got a beam made of this concrete, it can be 30% slimmer and uh, therefore smaller and you're using Absolutely. less. Which is a, are there any other substances besides uh, nappies and <laughs> uh, coffee grounds that might be used in this way? Well, I mean, uh, wood is another thing. You could use other kinds, and, and that's what they're looking at now. Are there other kinds of organic waste streams that we could look at to go into the building industry? Because, of course, you know, all food waste is this huge uh, other contributor to global waste, uh, global emissions. Again, around 8 to 10% is coming from there. And, you know, this is all going into landfill. It's causing methane emissions. So actually, this idea of taking something organic, which we didn't think really would work in concrete and maybe extending it to other other food waste streams could be quite exciting. How many million tonnes of coffee grounds do we produce every year? So we're producing up, we're not, it's not exact an exact science, but maybe six to 10 million tonnes. So, I mean, it's not going to serve the whole concrete industry, but it could be a significant stream and it could be a locally produced stream, which of course cuts down on transport and things. Now, let's move on to the Pacific Ocean and part of it is cooling. Explain. Yeah, and of course this, um, you know, we've talked again about how our oceans have 
globally warmed by over a degree uh, in in the industrial age. But for about 30 years, and, and I suppose it's been happening for 30 years, but really it's coming into the news now because it's not going away. There's something called the t- cold tongue in the Pacific. And this is, if you imagine where Ecuador is there on the western side of South America, that's where the equator goes around the earth. And, you know, here there's a kind of long area of cold water extending out from the Americas there over across the Pacific towards Australia and Indonesia, which is remaining persistently cold and in fact even cooling. It may have cooled by about half a degree. Now there's a conundrum. It's a total conundrum. And and this is the area of the, the world where we kind of talk about El Nino and La Nina. And what we find is the prevailing direction of the trade winds, the winds there go from west to east. And what we normally find is that those winds are, are blowing warm surface water over towards Australia and Indonesia where it's warmer over there. And then you get cold water upwelling, keeping that gradient of temperature. So, so it's all always sort of five or seven degrees warmer sort of off the coast of Ecuador than it is off the coast of Indonesia and Mm. Australia because of that general trend. And then people may have heard of these cyclical changes. So with El Nino, you get the trade winds weakening for various reasons. And then that cold water doesn't upwell as much and the whole area gets warmer. And with that, you can kind of get um, with uh, oceans, you get uh, obviously storm, more storms if the warmer the ocean exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. And, and of course, it also pulls the jet stream down towards the equator. So you get droughts up in south uh, southwestern America and, and the whole winter in America is, is, is changed by this effect. But despite that effect, which has been going on over the last 30 years, the El Nino bit of that, which is when it's warmer, has actually been quite weak compared to the El Ninos that we saw maybe mm. 25, 30 years ago. And it, it appears to be because of this persistent element of cooling. OK, that's now the, the mystery <laughs> is then, how does it cool? I mean, if uh, the it's colder water, is the colder water coming from somewhere? Well, well, normally when we get an El Nina, which is when it stays cooler, it is because this upwelling of water increases. So it's cold water coming from the deep ocean that's upwelling. Now, of course, that's that's happening anyway, but it seems to be happening more. So scientists, it, it is a mystery. In fact, a, a climate scientist in Boulder, Colorado, says this is the current, the biggest mystery of climate science. And it's one that we have to solve because this cold tongue is potentially going to have a profound effect on overall global warming. So, so, so a paper in Scientific American said, you know, if this continues to stay cool, it could limit global temperature rise by up to half a degree o- over the next decade. So, so that's a huge impact. Yeah. But if there's something else happening, I mean... Yes. If you're getting cold water, which is as a result of melting ice, for example. And that's the other theory here. So so if the ice is melting because of overall greenhouse gas emissions and temperature rise, that cold water is slipping into the ocean. There's more cold water to upwell, but clearly that effect will not persist. So what we could get on the other side is when that cold water isn't flowing into the ocean anymore, the overall warming trend takes over and we flip back from quite a significant cooling to really catching up with the the regular warming that's going on everywhere else. And then we slip into kind of extreme El Nino events, which, of course, bring bring droughts to to other parts of the world, to Australia, wildfires. So we just don't know. So get your thinking caps on, climate scientists. Absolutely. And I mean, it talks about these models are so complex and, and, you know, we really do need to take into account the impacts of ozone change ice melting, all of these things. It's difficult to do, but we kind of, to plan, we need to know what's happening. Remodel the whole thing. Uh, Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.